Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. In each episode, we cut through the noise to bring practical advice and macro research on today's shifting economic and market landscape. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast and refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information prior to listening to this podcast. Today we have with us Norbert Rucker, Head of Economics and Next Generation Research at Julius Baer. ESG has created a quite a buzz around the world lately. Many investors are beginning to recognize the value of integrating it into their portfolios, but they may not fully understand it. With this in mind, today we would like to address some of the key questions that investors have when they embark on their ESG investing journey. Norbert, there's a lot of jargon associated with ESG, which can be confusing. Given your expertise on the subject, How would you explain the difference between ESG responsible and sustainable investing? Well, these terms definitely are confusing. Let's take a moment and think about them more in depth. So ESG, ESG describes data. There's an ever-growing amount of data that sheds light on environmental, social, and governance aspects of businesses and companies. Think of ESG as an additional perspective, a tool set that helps us better understand where we invested in. Responsible. Responsible meanwhile describes the way we do things. Responsible means you do it thoroughly, you do it comprehensively, you do it holistically. With regard to investing, responsible means that you take into account all aspects and all perspectives, specifically that you apply the ESG toolset. Thus, responsible is the description of a process, an investment process that helps you better understand the risk and the opportunities. Sustainable. Sustainable meanwhile describes an outcome. Sustainable is the consequence of responsible action. Those businesses and companies that score well from an ESG perspective, we call them sustainable. With regard to investing, sustainable describes an investment style. Instruments such as stocks, bonds, or funds are sustainable. Instruments that really fit these kind of characteristics of the investment style. Well, in the past, responsible investing was perceived as a simple exclusion of companies that are harmful to society or the environment, like tobacco, for example. Today, however, I think investors are looking to go beyond the simplistic approach and are looking to have a positive impact through their investments. Would you agree? That's definitely correct. We really have moved away from this simple approach of excluding companies according to personal beliefs and values. However, we also have to acknowledge that this transition is the consequence of how the ESG toolset evolved over time. The ESG toolset and all the data that we collect has grown massively. Also, the data improved in quality and continues to do so. Thus, this improved toolset really allowed us to move away from this very simplistic approach of exclusions that we did in the early days. Thanks, Norbert. That was very helpful. In my opinion, I think understanding these key distinctions is crucial. The sheer variety of options and complexity of labels can be very confusing for investors. Selecting what is most suitable for your needs can be extremely challenging. I think it's important to be informed or seek expert advice in these cases. That's absolutely correct. The awareness grows and investors want to better understand how to use ESG to their benefit. 
But the thing is that sustainable is something subjective, something that relates to your own views, your own beliefs, your own values. Thus, solutions are individual, which requires expert advice. What are your observations? What is driving ESG from your perspective? Well, I think there are three key drivers. First, with the aid of technology and social media, consciousness about environmental preservation, climate action, and social responsibility have skyrocketed. Consumption patterns are shifting in favor of companies that are paying attention to ESG issues, and investors are directing their funds toward sustainable investments. The rising recognition that ESG factors can enhance a company's long-term performance further supports sustainable investing. Second, and probably one of the most crucial drivers, is regulations. Even before the pandemic, companies were already facing significant pressure from regulators to become more sustainable. However, with governments being increasingly committed to it and aiming to recover better, the pressure on industries to enhance ESG disclosures and reporting will rise even further. Last but not least, there is performance. There's growing evidence that ESG-focused companies fare better and that sustainable funds deliver better re- risk-adjusted returns. What do you think? Do ESG-focused companies perform better? Of course they do. I mean, that's the reason why you do it. This underperformance saga is really a myth to be dispelled, a myth that goes back to the early days of ESG investing. And the logic that we apply is the following. The ESG toolset helps us to better understand how companies act and think. The toolset helps us to identify who is a long-term thinker, who cares about stakeholders, not only about shareholders, who is agile, who is responsible. Thus, this toolset sheds light on a company's culture and practices. Why is this important? Well, all these aspects define the long-term competitiveness because it is these characteristics that set the leaders apart from the laggards. The leaders, in terms of responsible culture and practices, tend to perform financially better in the long term. These leaders tend to outgo their peers, especially during a crisis, especially in businesses that undergo structural change. These leaders tend to show higher profitability, more solid balance sheets. In addition, Responsible practices tend to resonate in lower risks of being caught in a scandal, reputational backlash, and litigation. If you look back, 2020 proved this logic. Sustainable investments performed well because the leaders were better prepared to face the crisis. However, there's an important detail. This is no recipe for everyday outperformance. The past month have shown that once a rally matures, also the high-risk asset classes catch up. In these periods, quality tends to underperform. And sustainable investments are in part a quality investment style. And I suppose for many investors these days, it's not just about returns. They've realized that the choices they make with their money can significantly influence corporate behavior. And they like the idea of investing in companies that have values aligned with their own. Well, if I may quote William Shakespeare, the choices we make dictate the lives we lead. That aside, I believe that it isn't just about our lives, but that of our future generations too. Do you think investors can make a sustainable impact with their capital? Well, let me start with that there are two elements how this adds value. First, it's financially. It's a do-well aspect, the risk-reward in the long term, as we just talked about before. And second, individually, it's the feel-good aspect. Investing is about emotions, and ESG is very much a tool set that delivers this kind of storytelling. This toolset allows us to much match investments with personal preferences, with beliefs, with values, and thus adds value, increasing the relationship between investors and their portfolios. 
with regard to the impact, and there we have to be very honest, it is limited. Impact in positive and negative terms really happens in the real world, in the real economy. This impact is defined by what we do as citizens, as consumers, by what companies do, and by what governments do. Responsible means being conscious about this impact. The investment portfolio, meanwhile, is simply a mirror image of the real economy. Investment success is a consequence of being able to construct a portfolio that anticipates in which direction the real economy is heading. A mirror image means, and now I'm simplifying, that there's no connection. To give an example, your portfolio does not have a carbon footprint. Your portfolio might only have an exposure to businesses that have a carbon footprint. Thus, your portfolio has an exposure to the risks and opportunities that come from this carbon footprint of what you invested in. However, there are ways how investors can have an impact where a portfolio goes beyond this mirror image. First, as soon as an investor engages with companies directly and influences their business practices, and second, when investors directly finance projects that have an impact. The instruments that enable this are called impact investments, examples of funds where the manager engages with companies, thus is an activist, or another example are green bonds, where the capital raised has a defined and measurable impact. There are challenges too, right? What do you think are the key issues in integrating or measuring ESG performance? Has there been any progress in addressing them? There definitely has been progress. And I think that the key issue is really that ESG data might look like something quantitative on the outside, but too often is very qualitative and subjective in the inside. Reasons are that ESG data is mostly the work of analysts, so human beings with their own views, or that companies are alert into greenwashing because they want to portray a very polished picture of what they do. So we have to review and verify the data. In fact, what we've been doing since more than six years, basically since 2015, back then we established the Responsible Investment Committee. This committee guides our ESG efforts and governs the process of responsible investing. The work of the economy committee gives us a track record and history in dealing with ESG. A key task is to control risks. So we constantly screen our universe on a set of criteria linked to ESG. Once triggered, we engage with the experts, might be an analyst, might be a portfolio manager, to see how they embed the ESG warnings into their views. And if you look back, this journey since 2015 has taught us two things. First, engagement and collaboration with the expert is key to really root this mindset in the investment process. And second, ESG data is quantitative, but too often is qualitative and subjective. So very often we tended to disagree with the ESG data and overruled it. So for a decent outcome, you really need to own, to guide the process. You cannot outsource it. But Cheryl, tell me, do you observe any regional differences in ESG adoption rates? Are there some countries more advanced than others? In terms of the transition to a more sustainable economy, I think the EU is definitely leading the charge. As mentioned, regulations are a big driver of ESG adoption and disclosures, and the EU is ahead of the world in this regard. They've committed to becoming the world's first climate-neutral continent by 2050. And in December 2019, the European Commission announced the renewed sustainable finance strategy in the form of a Green Deal framework that intends to mobilize at least 1 trillion euros of sustainable investments by 2030. To support the Green Deal, they've also developed a comprehensive sustainable finance action plan that includes a few key legislations like the EU taxonomy, sustainable finance disclosure regulation, 
and the EU non-financial reporting directive that have far-reaching implications. Across the Atlantic, I think the US is catching up. Biden's recent infrastructure stimulus plan places a significant emphasis on climate action. He plans to spend a trillion dollars over an eight-year period on sustainability projects through public-private partnerships. With US policy on sustainability now coming from the top and about turn from the previous administration, we can expect a lot more ESG regulations in the US in the coming years. Many other countries in the world will catch up very soon as well, now that so many countries are committed to recovering better post-pandemic. China already has ESG disclosure requirements that are going to be mandatory by end of this year. So tell me, Norbert, do you think any one of the E, S, or G factors is getting more attention now, or are they all getting equal attention? No, that's clearly the case. Uh, the E gets most attention these days. And within this E, it's mainly the climate change aspect and the carbon footprint. And I think the reason is quite simple. They're easy kind of understand in terms of carbon footprint, tons emitted, there are numbers to it. Another reason maybe also is, as we discussed before, that the government efforts with regards to sustainability today are really dominated by climate change, by the climate change agenda. However, if you would have to pick, we believe that the G stands above the E and the S. And this very much mirrors our thinking that responsible practices ultimately are initiated at the very top of a company through its culture, its value set, and its purpose. Tell me, Norbert, would you share with our listeners how you are seeing ESG applied within Julius Baer? Well, Julius Baer is committed to acting responsibly. As you mentioned earlier, we are signatory of the United Nations Principles of Responsible Banking and Responsible Investment. We are also members of the Swiss Sustainable Finance Association. Our investment process uses this ESG tool set first to control risk, to spot the laggards, and second, to identify opportunities to spot the leaders. The Responsible Investing Committee, which we talked about before, is our control center that guides these efforts. We also offer a range of solutions that helps clients navigate within financial markets in a sustainable way. We also understand that clients increasingly desire guidance on ESG opportunities and want to have greater transparency. Clients are paying greater attention to whether companies are conscious of their impact on climate change, safeguarding employees' welfare, and fulfilling their social responsibilities, amongst others. To meet this demand, we are relentless about raising our efforts, about publishing insights, and about beefing up our range of sustainable and impact investments. For us, the purpose is clear. The value add is twofold. It's about doing well, as sustainable investments come with an improved risk-reward in the long term, and it is about feeling good as we can offer solutions to clients that they personally and emotionally are attached to. Thank you, Norbert. This brings us to the end of this episode. It was great to have you share your thoughts and valuable takeaways. And thank you everyone for tuning in and goodbye. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbear.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. 
The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives or other products or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. Julius Baer does not accept liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.